This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to get to visit with Susan Murphy. Susan's the Chief Experience Officer at UC Medicine. We're going to talk to her about how experience is changing through the pandemic, how do you make things better, where does innovation play into this, and a lot more. Susan, can you take a moment and introduce yourself and tell us about UC Medicine? Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me today. Um, as Scott said, my name is uh, Susan Murphy. I am the Chief Experience Officer at University of Chicago Medical Center. Um, we are a, a, a Southside University hospital that is consistent of providing care for a level one trauma. We have um, satellite offices for our med practice area. We are also a part of Ingalls Memorial Hospital and growing. So we are a university medical center setting in academia in which we really provide the very best care for our patients and those that serve. So we, I have been there for almost, uh, almost nine years now and run the experience for both the patients and the oversight of how it aligns to the employees um, on a daily basis. In, in UC Medicine, University of Chicago Medicine, one of the great academic medical centers in the country, thank you for taking the time to visit with us today. Really an amazing, amazing institution. Talk about how experience is changing and how innovation plays into experience and, and how do you measure improvements in patient experience? How do you look at this? How do you measure? How do you figure it out whether it's going in the right direction, the wrong direction? How do, how do people look at patient experience? So it's been such a journey in, in the many years that I've been involved in experience, especially through the pandemic, how we've had to adjust and things change. But in my experience, things have been changing all the time in the experience for patients. Patients are no more consumers. They look at what we can do to effectively get them through the system in a safe way, but also provide areas in which we're efficient and also help them understand how the whole continuum of care works from wellness to when they need an inpatient to when they need to see their doctor. So for me, you know, how we measure patient experiences is many different ways. The first way is for our organization, we work with an outside vendor named Press Ganey, who sends surveys to all of our patients regarding their care. Whether again, you're in the inpatient, you go see your doctor, you have surgery, you come to the ER, all those ways in which we get feedback from patients after their care. Every survey is a little different. And we work really hard on streamlining to make sure that the questions are appropriate and really get the voice of the patient of what we, what we want to hear. So that's one way we measure. But through the pandemic and through many different changes that's happened over the past couple of years, I think a more important measurement is the qualitative data and the quantitative data together. So the voice of the patients, what are they saying while they're here? How do we effectively round and create communications um, and conversations with patients to hear their needs in individual patient care. Years ago, when we did um, patient experience, it was cookie cutter. Now it's very individualized based on what's going on. And, and, and Susan, let me ask you this question. You know, Chicago is, I mean, everybody's familiar with Chicago. I happen to be from Chicago, so maybe I'm that much more familiar. It is both the most magnificent of academic medical institutions, uh, treats the most complex situations, uh, the very wealthiest and the very poorest of patients. How do you look at patient experience in this world of health equity? We, we know there's been differences in 
oh, and the impact of COVID-19 to different communities based on race and socioeconomic wealth and those kinds of things. How does an institution like University of Chicago that's so knitted into every economic status, the, the poorest of patients, the, the wealthiest of patients, how do you look at patient experience? And does it matter at all? And do you have, does it take effort to measure it for both communities to make sure everybody's getting the experience they should get? Well, that's a, that's a great point. And believe that's something we talk about on a daily basis. One thing that we always talk about is we're more alike than we are different. So whether you come from a different economic base or you come from a different social background, when you're getting care, what you want is kindness, compassion, and caring. And so the first thing we do is, what, is, what do we hear from our patients, no matter where they come from? What's the most important thing to them when they're getting care? Yes, they know they're coming to the state-of-the-art organization that has the finest care. The, they treat illness. We're the forefront of medicine. But when our patients rate us the higher, highest in our scores, it's around kindness, compassion, and caring. And so one thing that we do with our employees is we work on how does that show up for different patient populations. The needs may be different. The outcomes may be different. Um, what they need after they ex uh, exit our organization may look a little different. And we have many different resources for many different ones. But how we present it and how we show up is more important that we hear from our patients than what we give them. And so I think it's really important to put yourself in the place of the patient, understand some of the limitations they may have. But then again, how do we show up with compassion every day to make people feel that we are there to care for their mind, body, and spirit? And it's, it's such a fascinating discussion because so much of it does come down to kindness and how you treat the person and when the person feels like they're being treated with dignity and care and compassion when they're a patient. And, and your point on we're far more alike than different. I remember vividly taking my father for cancer, for oncology care, and in the same room being, you know, a titan of titan of industry by chance, happened to be there at the same time. At the same time, uh, you know, uh, all ethnic races and, and everybody's there as well in the room. Illness can be a great equalizer, and we all do want the same thing to be treated with kindness and compassion. And, and, and while we're all want the same things, you know, Chicago probably does a better job of this than almost anybody of treating everybody the same. I mean, you, you do have the sense that through the pandemic, different communities periodically got treated with different privilege than others, which I guess is true always, but exasperated through the pandemic and, and different things led to more challenges with the pandemic and COVID that we're still in the very middle of, of course, than other things. But, but my perspective is that University of Chicago, Rush, probably do as good a job as anybody in trying to deal with the different communities in as compassionate and in an equivalent manner as anybody. Any thoughts on that and how important that is to University of Chicago's culture and, and how, how it sees itself? Yeah, it's extremely important. And there's a lot of work behind the scenes that happens with different leaders in the organization that, that do research in the community, talk to community members that can influence what we're looking at looking at best practices around what type of services are needed based on the community that we're serving. So the background work is really important to make sure that we're presenting to the patient options and actually having shared decision-making with the patients of what they need. 
we can't assume because where they're at, we know what they need. So how do we, first of all, teach and train those that are caring for patients to have conversations of what those needs are and what they need? And then also, how do we follow up with them to make sure that we're providing information that will help them with their journey, whatever it may be? So I think it's really important, like you said, Scott, that you know, it's, it's not one size fits all. And how are we doing work with research and development and strategy and, and cultural diversity and equity to make sure we have the resources we need to provide to patients in a kind, compassionate way? Not in a dictatorial way, not like we think you need this, but, and so we do a lot of work and we call it um, first and lasting impression courses to help those that are front facing patients to have those conversations with them about what their options are and what we can provide for them without making them feel like they're needy or we can't help them. And so to me, I think it's a combination of what happens with leaders behind the scenes and how it's presented to patients for in a holistic way. Something you said there resonates so well. It's whether somebody's poor, rich, black, white, there's nothing worse than being talked at or down to. There's nothing worse than that. And, and, it, and you know, in a, in, in a patrician caregiver world, that would be a, an F and trying to avoid that at all times. And, and your thoughts on there's so much behind the scenes that, that gets to making sure we're treating patients black, white, rich, poor, whatever it might be with tremendous dignity. I mean, there's a lot of thought behind that, isn't there? Absolutely. And we have different scorecards and measurements through the organization of things like readmission rates, um, how people are being followed up with to measure what we're doing is uh, helping. So we can't just assume we know what people need until we measure it. And so I think one thing that I'm very fortunate about at University of Chicago is we have a robust way of looking at data to help tell the story and help make improvements or celebrate successes. But one thing that I think you can't, can't talk about patient experience and what we do unless you're talking about the engagement of those that are caring for them. And so how are we providing through this very stressful time the support, the compassion, and what our caregivers need to care for others? from how they're feeling burnt out or they're getting sick themselves or we're short of staff. All those things are factors, they're not excuses, but it's our leadership job now to provide a environment of compassion and care for our patients, but also for our staff. From our physicians, to our nurses, to our EVS workers, to anyone who, who's involved in care of a patient. And for me, it's all 10,000 employees. No, and it's so important because so, so much more of experience comes down today to not just patients, but staff and team, because we all know you can't take care of patients if you're not taking care of staff and team really well. I mean, it just doesn't work. It, it's really got to be a, 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 an approach to both. Right. And, you know, that now more than ever, you know, for years, we've always aligned the two, but now more than ever. It's, it's, a, it's an organizational uh, objective and goal to make sure that the employees that are with us feel cared about and cared for so they can care for others. Magnificent. Just one more question, Susan. It's just it's a great pleasure to visit you, and, and quite frankly, can't wait to get a chance to visit with you again shortly. Take a moment on big priorities for 2022. Any thoughts on big priorities for this coming year? Mm -hmm. 
So to me, when we think about, um, here we have our executive briefings and what we're looking at for our goals for this year and our five-year plan, one, of course, is growth. What other services the University of Chicago continue to look at to provide the very best for those that we serve? From community resources to new office buildings to all the things we need to do to make sure that we really know what growth looks like and how it's going to help the community serve. From those, those that are in the community and those that come from other um, zip codes and other countries, as a matter of fact, to, to receive our services. The second thing I do think um, probably is the top priority is the whole idea around employee engagement, um, retaining the best employees, having a very clear direction of how what that looks like. You know, before it used to be, you know, free coffee and, uh, you know, uh, coming to do some recognition, but it's much deeper than that now, and we're finding that out. So we are utilizing employees themselves, frontline employees, they ask, what do you need? Is it more time off? Is it more support? Is it in your leader rounding? So I think it's very important that the other goal for, for the future is to understand what is needed to, to provide the best workforce possible. So that's the second one. So growth, employee engagement, and of course, the satisfaction and the engagement of our employees based on what type of outcome is going to happen because of the pandemic. Because remember, the pandemic is around medical and making sure people are healthy and, and getting the vaccines and all that importance. But there's going to be a big shift in how are we providing the mental, the recovery for everyone during COVID. A lot of people have waited to get their health care. What does that look like? Many people are struggling with their children who are in school, out of school, you know, all those things. So we have to think about not just the, the physical, clinical health of a person, but also the mental stability of what's happening because of COVID. And how do we start having those conversations sooner than later? Because if we don't address that, I feel like we're going to have bigger problems at every organization in the country. I mean, so much of that, and I, I know we're in Chicago, the public schools are closed down again, which causes so many challenges for so many people. Uh, and and it's not a, one way or another, just to reflect on, it just causes a ton of challenges if, if the schools are closed for parents and for children, for right. learning, for mental health and so forth. I mean, so many issues that come out of that. And for the employees that have to, what am I gonna do with my kids now they're home? And for those going, I'm so glad they're home. I feel they're safe. So there's that conversations that keep happening. So, you know, when I think what you, a great question about what we're going to look at, we'll keep looking at what's important for our clinical outcomes that we've always done. But I do think it's going to be a huge focus on the engagement of our staff, the engagement of our patients, and what holistic, new, innovative ideas we can have to make sure those relationships are aligned. So when I think of innovation, as you talked about before, there are many new innovations out there around technology and easy access and how are we using um, websites and data to, to provide information to the providers and to the patients. All that is ongoing. But there's also innovation around relationships. And I think when I work on innovation, it's always about the end user and, and, the, and the user to find out that that relationship is still strong. I believe people are consumers in healthcare, which is just what I believe, until the moment they're in front of their caregiver, whether it be in the doctor's office or your nurse or whatever scenario it is, and then you're the patient again. So we're consumers 
and then we're patients. And so that's why I think there's that fine line because when you're in front of your doctor and they're giving you news or doing a checkup on you, you need to feel like a patient, like you're cared for. Now, when you're trying to schedule your appointment, park your car, check your my chart, now you're consumers. So it's that balance of both of those um, relationships and equity that has to happen for healthcare to be strong. But it, but it's so true though, isn't it? I mean, people talk about in the abstract way all these things about technology and labor and everything else. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, when you're in front of either a nurse or a practitioner, uh, diagnosing or drawing blood or doing whatever they're doing to help care for you or watching you through an acute illness or talking to the physician, whatever it might be, all these things are abstract until you're actually dealing with a person and then you really want to be cared for, don't you? Right, right. But then you also have to have the balance of the consumer as a part of it. Let's, for example, Scott, if I wait in the ER for four hours to see my doctor, I see my doctor, I get very good care. And then I wait for another 10 hours to go to my bed. There's not a lot of things we can do to kind of fix that, except for, except for the wait time and making sure we have throughput. So there's only... You know, there's consumerism is really important. If people are waiting really long times, it's very hard to recover from that because they don't feel they're cared about because I'm waiting so long, it must not be important to you. So process improvement, um, lean daily management, how we bring our people, our patients through the system has to be just as important as that compassionate care. And so that's why I feel University of Chicago, we're very lucky that we have of something called E4 leadership that really helps with understanding how those all come together. It's not just about the care. And it's not just about the process. It's the relationship with both. It's all that, right? It's all that. So if you have a horrible experience on the front end and scheduling or getting through or getting throughput or figure out navigation, you've already tainted your view of what your care experience is going to feel like because you're already, exactly. even if you get the most brilliant care in the world, and there's a lot of that out there. We, we've seen that at different institutions where you get the most brilliant acute care but the navigation scenario is so challenging that you really don't want to go back there unless you actually have to, but you know you have to go back there for the greatest care. And we've seen that at other institutions over the years. Absolutely. Susan, I want to thank you for, for, for joining us today. But your, your perspective on the whole thing and the holistic perspective is so helpful. I, I, I thank you for joining us. It just is a pleasure to hear your holistic perspective on patient experience and where innovation plays into and health equity and so forth. Thank you very much for joining us today. You're welcome. And I just want to add that my perspective is the perspective of the whole leadership team at University of Chicago Medicine. So again, a team of leaders that want to drive the outcomes I spoke about, it's not just all on Sue Murphy, it's all of us together. And so that to me provides that strength of an organization. 100%. Thank you for joining us again. You're welcome. You're welcome. Have a great day and be safe.